It feels good to be living eternally. I'm forgiven without a care in the world. Just catch me coasting and dipping. Catch me moving around. I love exploring this world. In and out of my town. I walk around. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to that Postmail podcast where our iTunes feed has more errors than Bruce Jenner's identity. <laughs> his new Ouch. identity Ouch. <laughs> oh my goodness bro what's up guys oh. how you guys doing oh man doing pretty good i'm good so uh let, let's do let's do john's favorite thing and and shout off who we are i am colin pearson dustin Raynham. i'm john howell and we are here with a special guest today give us give us a roar bear give us a roar there <laughs> dude I don't have my iPad working. I can't actually roar. Aww. Well, can you can you give us like your best impression of no. what you would do if you were a real bear? Give us no. a Luke the Bear impression. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, okay, I gotta say this. Have you? I just finished uh, watching Fargo the series. Dude, was that good? and it it was it was amazing. Yeah, amazing. But listening to Dustin, I feel like I'm watching Fargo again. never since before i started this podcast i never knew how much of a minnesota minnesota i I listen to myself that's right i i got a bit of a bit of chicago in me so you'll you'll hear it shy town son no seriously check out fargo it's amazing i was it was blown i was blown away about how cool it was what is fargo about well did you see the movie fargo yes it's yes top top 20 top 20 best movies in my okay so, right. So, basically, it's kind of a similar thing. The Coen brothers are the executive producers, and they actually tied the series into the movie, um, but uh, it's a completely different storyline, completely different characters, um, and so it's really awesome. And actually, they're going to be doing season two in the fall. Again, a different storyline, different characters, but really, really well done. Oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I heard great, I heard great things about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. For sure. So, um, so Luke. Yes, sir. Um, where are you right now? I am currently in our brand new TV studio, which we will be recording our first episode tomorrow. So this is actually our trial run with everything. And uh, if you're listening to this, you don't understand that we just spent the last hour uh, trying to figure out sound bugs and trying to not let Marcus go crazy so uh <laughs> but yeah we're here this is our trial run and we're doing our first show tomorrow we're super excited about that it's been about two months of work into this thing and we're we're just about there so it's awesome sweet yes sir well we are glad to have you with us today is there is there anything else uh on the docket with uh, apologia church and apologia radio Apolog- that we should be aware apologia of apologia empire bro empire that's right we're that's right business. um yeah i mean just be watching we're uh uh, once we get this this studio up and running for good, um, we're gonna be having all kinds of media. I'm sure you guys have seen. We already been kicking out little snippets here and there. Um, so we're gonna have just tons of media. We're gonna have different shows. Uh, it's gonna be crazy. Marcus is here full time, so we're just gonna be kicking out as much media as we possibly can. Um, it's crazy. This so like this this week we sent out I think two or three little five minute videos, and we like just our our subscriptions on youtube and we gained like a thousand likes on facebook like just this week alone it was crazy um, wow yeah so i think we, marcus looked yesterday we were like and this is not obviously any credit to us it's all glory to god but uh we are i think number 20 on the what's hot uh podcast on itunes and we were like number 120 out of all christian podcasts on itunes Wow. As of yesterday, and we were just blown away by that. We we're really excited about that. I mean, and just okay. So Doctor White, I think, was one ten. So Divine Line was one ten. We were one twenty. RC Sproul Junior was one twenty one. So we were even ahead of RC Junior. So yes, we're excited. Cool things coming. Pay attention. Cool. Be watching. We will. We will definitely be watching. I'm. I'm. I love that gospel. What is the gospel video that that yeah. Jeff put out? That was very awesome. encouraging, man. Very, very well done. It's right really on. Good. Praise God. We we saw something statistics wise we've never seen before, and it was like the shares was identical to the number of likes. Oh, I remember oh, seeing whoa. that. That's crazy. Yeah, so it was like two hundred something, two hundred something each. Like I've never seen that before. No, me neither. Yeah. So praise God. Yeah, not about us, about about Him and His kingdom, and we're just yeah, we just along for the ride. So, Amen. Cool. 
So what movies have you been watching lately? Um, well, I want to talk about Tomorrowland. I know none of you guys have seen it, even though I told Colin to see it before I came on. Yeah, I just didn't get around. To Speaking it. of Colin, before I talk about Tomorrowland, I just want to say I just want to say what everybody is thinking. Dude, it's time you move out of your parents' basement. Because <laughs> <laughs> clearly, because clearly that is where I live. No, I live like twenty five hundred miles away from my parents. Are basement, you serious? So. Oh, dude. Yeah, my parents. My parents live in Ohio. My so. my sincerest apologies to your parents. <laughs> I thought I thought anybody that has as much time to make memes like you do lived in their parents' basement. L- those memes that I made, those memes that I made of of Jeff the mouse about you know I don't know year year and a half ago. Th- it took me like it took me like twenty minutes I think to make all of them, and I just had them on my phone <laughs> and I started pushing out like three or four of them a day for a couple weeks. Oh my gosh! Uh huh. Sure. So Tomorrowland. Um, <laughs> seriously, now here's the thing with Tomorrowland. I went and saw it in the theater. It's definitely in my books a rental. Um, however, just because there was like there's some moments where it just kind of dragged on, it was a little slow. But uh, it it was interesting because I saw before I went and saw it. Actually, Jeff and myself and Cy went and saw it when we were in uh, Calgary a couple weeks ago. And, um, Canada. And, uh, yeah, eh? Um, I'm surprised they let us go see a movie. Those socialists up there. <laughs> uh, but, um, so, anyways, definitely it was, it was cool because I saw some feedback before I went and saw it. Uh, I saw some feedback from, from some people that said it was really good and it really supported, it had a good, good actual, uh, that post bill message. And, but I saw some other people, some other Christians that were complaining and said it makes Christians look bad. And so I was like, all right, let's go check this out. So bottom line is if you going into the movie, if you have a, a bad eschatology, it's going to make you look bad. If you have a, uh... if you have a, a post mill view, it was amazing. Um, and so I, I don't want to, I don't want, since you guys haven't seen, it, I don't want to, I don't want to give away any spoilers or anything, but, uh, bottom line is it had a really, um, positive um uh message outlook as far as like as far as going into the world and trying to change it and uh i'm gonna actually read one quote from it that marcus pulled out that was really good so again i don't want to give away any spoilers uh but this is the this is the bad guy of the movie talking um so just just listen to this real quick so he said um to save civilization civilization i would show its collapse how do you think this vision was received? How do you think people responded to the prospect of imminent doom? They gobbled it up like a chocolate eclair. They didn't fear their demise. They repackaged it. It could be enjoyed as video games, TV shows, books, movies. The entire world wholeheartedly embraced the apocalypse and sprinted towards it with gleeful abandon. Meanwhile, your earth was crumbling around you. You got simultaneous epidemics of obesity and starvation. Explain that one. Bees and butterflies start to disappear. Glaciers melt, algae blooms, all around you the coal mine canaries are dropping dead, and you won't take the hint. And every moment there is the possibility of a better future, but you people won't believe it, and because you won't believe it, uh, you won't do what is necessary to make it a reality. So you dwell on this, your terrible future, and you resign yourselves to it for one reason, because the future doesn't ask anything of you today. So yes, if you saw the iceberg on the Titanic, you just steer towards it anyways. Full steam ahead. Why? Because you want to sink. You gave up. Wow. Yeah, awesome, right? So it's like <laughs> Right, exactly. That post so, smell. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> oh, man. Totally, man. I mean, I I wish you guys I wish you guys Well, you I know you said you all go see it now, but I mean like there's just so much there's so much uh I don't know if it was intentional, but there was definitely some biblical imagery in there just of a post mill view of city on a hill. Uh there's a wheat field. Um, there's chosen people that are sent out to find other, uh, elect people like crazy stuff. It's just amazing. So, so what's, what is the, do you know the worldview of the director or the writer or whoever is involved in the making of the film? I believe he's an atheist. If I remember correctly. That is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting. Really cool though. I mean, so like I said, uh, I mean, it's still in the theater. If you guys want to go check it out, I, I wouldn't. I, to me, it's a rental, but just for the sake of, of checking that out and checking out the worldview, for, uh, it was pretty cool. So interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah. The the thing that's fascinating about that quote that you read is that just that describes our primary disagreement with with uh, you know dispensationalists. Right. Is they essentially want things to get worse because that's better from right. their perspective. They think if things get worse, Jesus comes faster and we get rescued out of here. Right. Well, there's always the, the underlying factor too, where people don't want to have to do work. So when they, they think the end is coming, well, they yes, yeah. thus need to to preach the gospel to my my coworker that I'm I'm afraid to talk to them about. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. My my favorite my favorite line in there was just where you think about it as far as far as like dispensationalism. You know, you you see the prospect of imminent doom. It says, and then he says they gobble it up like a chocolate eclair. Yeah, like that's just that's money. Like that's what. You know, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I was raised, you know, dispensational, and like, yeah, same. that's yeah. Same. So I mean, you're you're looking for that, and you're looking for that doom because it means you get uh, pulled off this rock, and you get to go be as Christ. So let's let's gobble it up like a big yummy donut. Man, it's crazy. So check it out. Side note: I was told today that a donut is actually more healthy than a bagel. So there you go. Donuts for breakfast. Amen. I, I don't even need to research that. I just love it, and I'm going to just believe it. <laughs> Can we please make bacon donuts? Oh, you haven't had one? Have you ever had a maple bacon donut? Maple bacon No, donut. that oh, sounds dude. amazing. Yeah, they, they're out there, bro. That post smell. A maple bar with like a strip of bacon on top. Man, that sounds so good. Whoa, whoa. It's, it's, it's the real deal. Let's just say that. If you guys go back to the very beginning of that post mill's Facebook page, one of the first posts I did was a picture of a bacon maple donut. No way. Nice. Yes, dude. All of our listeners, I, I told my go, kids. go see. Luke the Bear knows what he's talking about. It does exist. There's a picture on that post mill. <laughs> because what? Because remember we talked about bacon in the first, like the first episode is like. Yeah. And, which yeah. which still stands, by the way. Yes, bacon is that post mill. As long as there's bacon, your eschatology is invalid. So <laughs> we have, so, so we have that, we have that picture there. Don't tell Mark. Bible helps too, but bacon. I know. Don't tell Marcus. <laughs> Natural revelation. Donut donuts are like the one food that like I don't care if I've just eaten a six course meal. If there's a free donut, I'm eating it. There's always room for donuts. Exactly. Go nuts for donuts. That's what I taught my daughter. And if it's a Jello donut, I'll have two. A Jello? There's always room for Jello. Jelly. Yeah. Jelly? Did you say a Jello donut? I said Jello because there's always room for Jello. You know. But now we're saying there's always room for no, a donut. Yeah, I dude. don't know what you're talking about. You're too young, man. Old school, like marketing commercial. There's always room for Jello. Like you can always eat Jello. No, All right. I'm old. Yeah, well, that's okay. I'm probably the oldest one here, aren't I? How old are you? Probably. How old are you? Thirty-four. Yeah, sure. You're you're the oldest one here. Yeah, you're the oldest one here. Wow, John, how old are you? No, no he's the oldest one here. <laughs> and- oh, John's older, huh? Sorry, no, dude. I'm, I'm thirty-four. I'm thirty-four. Oh, okay. There you go. We'll we'll call it Tyler. So there's two 34 year olds on this podcast. There are two Pearsons on this podcast. No, I don't... that's not true. There's one Pearson and one Pearson. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor White pronounces it Mister Pearson. If we're gonna if we're gonna go that way, then it's then there's there are no Pearsons. It's Pearson and Pearson. Yeah, I know. You're probably right. Son 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 of Pear, son of Pear, and son of Pierre. So you're Scandinavian and I'm Scottish. That's the difference between our last names. Oh basically. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty much all Viking. And it shows in your beard. <laughs> yeah, right, right. As does the Scottish in mine. Let's go ahead and uh, take a quick break, and then I want to come back and hear about this. Uh, some about sandal or boot. I don't. I don't know. So go ahead, grab <laughs> a drink, go do what you got to do. We'll be right back with that post now. All right, welcome back to that post mill. We are here with Luke the Bear from Apologia. Oh, that's pretty good. That wasn't Luke. Somebody just uh, throw up. (laughs) 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 The bear just threw up. One second. <laughs> Give him a minute. Don't, sorry, I that donut I ate. <laughs> yeah, he had finished a six-course meal and had a donut. It's too much. All right, we're, we're going to talk about uh, Joe Boot. What is Joe Boot? Uh, it's not something you wear, and it's not something you put beer in. That's not my boot. Right. That's Joe Boot. Das Boot. You guys ever seen the Das Boot commercial? <laughs> das Boot. <laughs> das Boot. <laughs> it's amazing, right? Okay. 
So, um, how many of you guys saw the video we put up when we got back from Canada with Cy, Jeff, and Joe Boot? Any of you? No. I do not believe I saw oh, it. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh-oh. Sorry. I thought I, I thought it was up there. By the time this comes out, we will. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. I'm like Googling it right. <laughs> I'm Googling it right now. So, you guys are going to absolutely love Dr. Joe Boot. Um, we... I guess he's he's pretty big up in Canada. He's been on like uh their equivalent of Fox News quite a few times. And I don't know you guys may have heard of this. I think it was like about 2 years ago. He's he's out of Toronto. About 2 years ago, he was on this talk show on their news station and he kept referring to homosexuals as sodomites. And Oh wow. They didn't like that very much. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was in it was I got I had heard of this story but I didn't realize it was him so I guess the guy that he interviewed that interviewed him wrote this big scathing like blog article and Joe responded back but they wouldn't publish it or something but uh, anyway so he's amazing he's actually from England definitely check out the video it's it's called uh, Heaven on Earth or is Heaven on Earth or something like that and I mean you guys are gonna love him he's Kingdom of Heaven on Earth yeah that's it Kingdom of Heaven on Earth I mean the dude is completely post-mill, theonomic to the core. And, uh, but he, he, says it, he says it in a way with the British accent that just makes it cooler. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I get yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and so he actually, we, we got a book. He just came up with a book, I think last year, called The Mission of God. And so Jeff and I have been reading it. It's, it's a fatty. It's about uh, 700 pages. But, uh, I mean, it's just, it's totally amazing. Um, and, and one thing, I'll just give you a few things he said just to kind of whet your appetite a bit. So in the video, he says that he often gets criticized um, for having um, an over-realized eschatology is what how he words it. And he says, the problem's not that I have an over-realized eschatology. It's that you have an under-realized soteriology. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just you're like, oh, wow. that's, 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 that's rich. That's good. That's good stuff. So, um, you know, we got this thing that just came up with, with, you know, with Bruce, Bruce Jenner this last week. You know, we live in a culture completely of confusion, a culture of death. Dr. White always talks about. And, and what we want to do is we want to, we want to cultivate a, a, um, a culture of Christ. We want to eliminate that confusion, eliminate the death and cultivate a culture of Christ. And of course that always, you know, as you guys all know, it, it's, it starts one heart at a time, one heart at a time, preaching the gospel. It starts, you know, in an individual but uh that's that's kind of the gist of where he's coming from and um yeah so we we're we're just really excited to be able to introduce him really to the states um like i said he's he's pretty popular in canada but we hadn't i don't know of anybody that's really heard of him on this side of the the continent so um definitely check him out if you get a chance check out like i said the mission of god it's his book it's it's a really really good book i'll put links to his book in that uh, video on youtube uh, in the description to this yeah we're gonna have more stuff we're gonna have more stuff coming out um with him too in the, in the next probably six months or so so that's awesome wow that's cool on the subject of the over-realized eschatology accusation what people usually mean by over-realized eschatology especially coming from amillennials is that they see what we see in the future as being solely for the consummation so by overrealized eschatology, they say what we're trying to do is we're trying to take the age to come and pull it back into this present age. Hmm. What's wrong with that? Yeah, but the reason that we do that is because there's an overlap. There's an overlap in the ages between this age and the age to come because this is not the consummate new heaven and new earth, but we are a new creation in Christ. So there's you know little foretaste of glory divine from the age to come that we receive in this lifetime because of Christ. And so it's not an overrealized eschatology mm-hmm. to say that, to say that it's not overrealized eschatology to say that we're a new creation. That's scripture. Mm-hmm. And you see the, you see the same sort of concepts uh, like Isaiah two talks about the law going forth from Zion and ultimately causing people to beat their swords into plowshares. But the last days started when Jesus was here right so the last last day started with jesus and that's when this beating short swords into plowshares happens mm. so it's not an overrealized eschatology what it is it's just it's a progression from this age to the age to come there's a progression from the from the now to the not yet so anyway mm. 
Yeah, I, I usually uh, what Joe like what you're saying about Joe Boot using using careful language in terms of trying to get people to understand the truth without just coming out and kind of turning them away. I kind of think about like the different different Vantillian students like um, Greg Bonson, who we all love, and then you have Francis Schaefer. Um, and Francis Schaefer, yeah. though I'm not saying that I'm not saying that him and Bonson were like in complete agreement at all, but Francis Schaefer had a way to talk about the cultural mandate that just brought all traditions like together. Like, man, we really need to do this. We need to get involved in art. We need to engage culture. And yeah. one, how then shall we live? How then shall we live? Yeah, like that's huge. Yep. Yeah. And one right, one right. thing one thing I always uh, I tell my people like wh- whether it's sermon or whether it's small group is. I, I have a phrase that I always like to give them at Grace Church, and that is that the eschaton is now. We're not waiting for it. Um, we're not. There's nothing that we have to do for it. What we have to do now is obey and understand that it's here. Like the gospel, the gospel writers write as if something crazy has happened, some apocalypse has taken place, and they write that way because it has. Like the the hmm. earth shattering, history changing event took place. When Jesus was born, the incarnation, the word became flesh, and then he went to a cross and he defeated death and resurrection. Like there's nothing more earth shattering than that, save his second coming when he will come and usher in a new kingdom or new new creation, new heavens and new earth. But we need to understand that everything that Christ has done, it's not that Christ did these amazing things and then resurrected. And now there's this huge pause where the world's just going to be awful and terrible and then everything. No, Christ is working through his people now and today. And in fact, he says, that's why he tells his disciples who are all stressed out. Like, don't be, don't be troubled that I'm leaving you. It's good. In John, in John 14 through 16, he gives this long thing about the Holy Spirit coming to be in, to dwell within us and to guide us in all truth. And he tells us, I'm not leaving you orphans. It's good that I'm leaving because when I, since I'm leaving, to the right hand of the Father to take my reign, I can send the Spirit, the Holy Spirit to help you, to guide you. I can send him to you. Why? So that I can begin to work and expand my kingdom through my people. And this is exactly what he says in Acts before he ascends, that he wants us to be his heralds throughout to the ends of the earth. And so we have this American church culture that, yeah, they, they want to accuse us of over of over-realization. They want to accuse mm. us of trying to change the world through the law, like uh, like a lot of th- th- critics of theonomy. And these people just, they don't really, they're not listening to what we're saying. What we're saying is that the gospel is so beautiful. It's so magnificent. It's so powerful that even a youth that's filled with the Holy Spirit can begin to see victory and change in their lives and also in the lives around them because the gospel is that powerful. It goes to the deepest, darkest heart and changes it. And it goes to the most powerful emperor and king and breaks them. And that's the gospel. There's no stopping the gospel. Ask the Roman Empire, ask the USSR, ask Jim Crow. The gospel can't be stopped. Yeah, I feel like something we have to fight against a lot is the Christian Republican who when they when they hear what uh what that post mill says, all they hear is social gospel. Hmm, right. You know, so it's just all about social, social, like, you know, what the what the Democrats say, but this is another show, but there's no true Republicans right now. There's no true Republicans in office. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> like you want. Yeah, that is another show. Yeah. <laughs> right on. On the note that you were saying, uh, that, that quote from Joe Boot, when he said, you have an underrealized soteriology. Yeah. Let's talk about that a bit, because I think I see what he's getting at. Yeah. That salvation does it's not just about, it's not just, a, and this, I mean, John, you say this all the time. It's not just about the afterlife. It's not mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm saved for heaven. If that were the case, Jesus would take us away as soon as we were saved. Mm. But he leaves us on earth because we have work to do. Right. Exactly. And that involves, you know, the, a changed life. Yeah, salvation salvation pertaining not just to justification, but sanctification. The sanctification aspect of it should affect the way that we live our life. And you get a whole bunch of saved people uh, being affected in the way they live their life. And it just, it looks different on the outside. Yeah. Think about that. Like why, like the design of um, the Christian in their life in the work of salvation. Like why, why would God not have us as soon as we have been regenerated and justified? Why not immediately go to heaven? Why, why, Mm -hmm. why this long process of, of sanctification? I mean, 
practically speaking, like what's that there for? It's it would seem pointless if if the world were just you know going to hell in a handbasket right now because wh- why this process of sanctification and the long drawn out process of preaching the gospel and all that stuff like it it doesn't really make sense to have it be such a, a long drawn out thing if it is just in the moment done I'm saved and that's it. There's you know you're, you're not looking for a long term thing, but the gospel you know being preached and uh, salvation and sanctification and working through the life of the believer is a drawn out process. Contrary to the hymn, heaven is not our home. According to the scripture, God didn't make a mistake when he made this earth and made the epitome of his creation, his image bearers, and told us to be fruitful and multiply, have dominion, care for it in his image, and to reflect him to the world. He didn't make a mistake, and now some plan B to where now he just wants us to be in heaven singing all the time. Like, Quick, try to get to heaven. Yep. The meek, when Jesus says on the Sermon on the Mount, he says the meek shall inherit the earth, his people will inherit the earth. When the kingdom is at hand, it comes to the earth. Like, when we go to heaven, it's for a little bit. Like, not, not to not not to make my Westminster reformers upset with me, but N.T. Wright has a good point when he says that yeah, heaven's great, but it's not the end of the world. And what he means by that is that we this that the gospel is not just saving sinners; it's saving sinners. Yes, Amen. That's amazing. I'm glad that part's there because I am a sinner, but it's saving sinners for the purpose of doing the work of the ministry, which is the missio dei, the mission of God to see His earth. His creation restored. It's his earth. Death and sin transgressed against him. He's a king. He's not going to tolerate that. He's God. He's worthy of his title. That means that there will be justice. There will be renewal. There will be restoration. And so that's what we mean. The gospel is not just about saving sinners. The gospel is about God's glory. It's about his justice, Mm -hmm. his covenant. You know what I mean? So heaven. So and. Earth is where we end up. Earth is our home. We will have it again. Yep. Whenever, whenever I hear somebody say, you know, this earth is not my home. This earth is not, I always say this earth is not my home yet because I'm going to go to heaven, but then I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah. A, it is there's my home. Reason, it will be. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason heaven is called the intermediate state because now we're on earth. We die. We go to heaven. And at the resurrection, where are we? Back on Earth, where God where God put man mm. in the first place. Back on the beach in Florida, son. <laughs> so God doesn't just destroy creation and be like, "Oh, well, sin happened and everything went to pot." So I guess I'm just gonna have to destroy it. No, He makes all things new. Amen. And He is making all things new. When you guys, when you think about the new heavens, the new earth, do you see heaven as still existing as a separate, a separate place, or as, as something separate so. from Earth, or do you see them being combined in? Earth is because yeah, I think that that's how I think that that's how it was originally. Heaven is where God dwells, and originally God dwelt on Earth with on Earth and walked in the cool of the garden with Adam. So I think that ultimately that's where we'll be again. Only the cool of the garden will be the whole Earth. What do you think about that, Luke? I don't know, man. That's a that's a that's an area. I was listening to the show you did with uh, Salbridi, and I was hearing talk about that a little bit. And that's just that's an area I, I don't really know. I'm not really sure where I stand on that yet. So when the, the spirit was hovering over the deep, that's because that's that's where that's where God was, right? That, yeah, that that's what, what I think. He didn't come down to hover over this deep, leave, leaving heaven, but that's just where he was. Yeah, I was gonna say this too, um, in re- in reference to the underrealized soteriology. Uh, think about this too, um, you know, from a dispensational view, like we talked about, you're just waiting, you know, for the rapture and all that. You're not in you. You know, you don't see a lot of proactive uh, uh, gospel preaching going on, you know, and, and you know, now that I'm post-mill, I believe, and, you know, you guys would agree that uh, there's going to be more people saved than not saved when it's all said and done, right? So, yeah. there, there's your, there's your also, uh, you know, your, your weak soteriology, your under-realized soteriology, because uh, instead of having that view where there's, you know, there's going to be a ton of people saved, you know, it's just like, all right, when's my time? When's Christ returning? Mm. And, um, so I, I got that out of it too, from what he was saying. So that's really good. So yeah, be checking him out, man. It's good stuff. We'll have more coming and you guys are going to love my promise. Knowing you guys, you'll be trying to get him on your show now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm already, I'm already trying to email him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not on Facebook. 
and Luke, when you say that, I think of the promise of scripture, a lot of, and I remember growing up in a Southern Baptist house and, uh, and God bless all the good things I got from that tradition. But um, I remember growing up and the, this, the, you know, the, the promise that every family of all the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And I remember how that was just looked at as some idealistic kind of an figurative type of thing just to talk about how good the gospel is. And, and no, it's, it's a promise in scripture and it's the result of the gospel that every, every family of the, every nation will remember in turn to the Lord. And that's such a hopeful thing. And that's, that's the gospel. That's how powerful the gospel is. It, it leaves no man behind all who the father has given to the son, all who the son has paid for will come. Amen. Stay tuned, and we will be right back on Dad Post Now. Welcome back to Dad Post Mill. We are here with Luke the Bear. That was better. It was better. That was only twice, not every time. Come on, dude. I'll give you my best roar, and you can tell me what you think. For the bear. <laughs> is, that, is that your voice? What was that? <laughs> what? What was it? Was that your mouth? <laughs> I don't know what that wow. is, actually. <laughs> wow. As a podcast, we're, we're definitely that post mill because we're getting better. We have actually live sound effects on the on the show now. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Technology, bro. <laughs> Technology. All right. So proactive disunity, Luke, I, I'm very interested and in, in you, you brought this topic to our attention. So I'm going to just let you run with it, man. Okay. So I'm sure we're all aware uh, the last few months, we've seen a lot of what I'm going to call proactive disunity, um, especially on social media. Um, you know, just just Christians acting mean, mean spirited. And, and the reason I'm calling it proactive disunity, because instead of trying to maintain unity among the brethren there there's certain people that are going out of their way to cause disruption to cause disunity to attack other brothers uh for no other reason than for their own glory and for their own kingdom you know we just got done talking about tomorrowland and 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 uh you know cultivating the earth and joe boo and cultivating a culture of christ right and preaching the gospel making things better and instead, what we got is is people, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ um, that I love, you know, just acting mean and and being buttheads, right? And and for no reason, just going after other 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 uh, believers again, not for Christ's kingdom. What are we doing? We're trying to build God's kingdom, Christ's kingdom, with the gospel, and instead they're tearing down Christ's kingdom for their own kingdom, and um, that's just been something that. I think is becoming a real issue really within it. You know, I can't speak to the whole world, but for sure within, within our culture, you know, within, within the States, um, you know, and I include Canada on that as well. Um, so it's just, it's an issue. And ultimately I think it, it's, uh, it's idolatry. I'll, I call it the, the idol of idleness because what we, what we got, what we got is instead of people going out and preaching the gospel, they're sitting in front of their computer and wasting time destroying the church instead of trying to build it up. And um, I got a quote. You guys know Jeff Rose? Yeah. Jeff Rose is amazing, right? He's awesome. Yeah. So I got a quote from him. He he was on our show like really early on, probably the first six months, maybe a year we did Apology Radio. He was on. And so he had this quote that that was amazing. He said, when my kids are idle, they fight. When they're proactive, they get along. And that's so true. Instead of, instead of, and it applies to, to believers, right? You know, we're the children of God. Instead of when we're idle, we fight amongst each other. When we're proactive with the gospel, when we're out doing ministry, when we're out evangelizing, we get along just fine. And um, so that's just, it's just an issue that's, it's, you know, been on, been on my heart for a little while and, and something that's, you know, I think we need to address as the church, really. Yeah, Luke, if I can just, um, Proverbs 6, uh, 16 through 19, the, uh, the word of the Lord says, there are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven, which are an abomination to him. So strong language here. Uh, the list is haughty eyes, a lying tongue, 
hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads discord or strife or dissension among the brethren. Um, so we see like the scriptures, like, like God is very, very keen on this idea of unity amongst his people. Jesus was very keen on it in John 17 in his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. We see that every single major instance of the epistles in the New Testament was for the purpose of unifying the people of God in Christ's church. And yet we can be scholars and have master's degrees and be pastors. And all of us, I, man, I know I've fallen into it as well. We can just forget like the, that unity is, it takes practice. It takes godliness. It takes God's mercy and grace. And we can just forget so easily that it's actually one of the main things that Christ wants for his church and just, uh, just begin to really devour, like, like, you know, like Paul says, like we want to, we devour one another, you know? Um, so I think, I think that's so true, man. We need to get off like our social high horses and get in our communities and see restoration and renewal through the, through, through gospel. Yeah, for sure. I mean, ultimately what, what, what's this about? It's not about our, our glory. It's about, it's about, uh, you know, Christ's glory. And when we, when we, you know, fight amongst each other and we bicker, guess, guess who sees that? Not just believers, but the unbelievers as well. And that just gives them an opportunity to to mock Christ, to mock the church, you know, and to make Christ look foolish. And, you know, that's just something that's really been on, been on my heart lately. Um, and so I just, that's, I kind of want to talk about that. I just kind of tie it into everything we've been talking about. I think that's much needed. Um, yeah, for sure. And I'm just sorry. I was just looking for, I have a Spurgeon quote. I yes. want to read you. It's funny. D- yes, is right. I always Love have Spurgeon, Spurgeon man. Quotes. You guys ever see, you ever read his, it's a little short booklet called john plowman's talks no no i haven't it's like a real short okay so the idea is that um the the idea is that um the plowman it's it's the man who's who's uh who's busy at work and it's like a real short little book i found it online Uh, i don't even have i just saw it online um i don't even know how long it is for sure i just found it if you if you look for it you'll be able to find it it's amazing dude i'm telling you uh, I was I was reading through this thing, and it's like he was speaking to our culture. Um, okay, here it is. So, so this this quote, it's like, it's like he was speaking to the to the people we're talking about. Um, okay, so he says, uh, uh, so it's in the Plowman's talks titled "Religious Grumblers." So we said one tribe of these Ishmaelites is made up of high flying ignoramuses who are very mighty about the doctrine of a sermon. Here they are as decisive as sledgehammers and as certain as death. He who knows nothing is confident in everything. Hence, they are bullheaded beyond measure. Every clock and even the sundial must be set according to their watches. The slightest difference from their opinion proves a man to be rotten at heart. Venture to argue with them and their little pots boil over in quick style. Ask them for a reason and you might as well go to a sand pit for sugar. They have bottled up the sea of truth and carry it in their waistcoat pockets. They have measured heaven's line of grace and have tied a knot in a string at the exact length of electing love. As as for the things which angels long to know, they have seen them all as boys see sights in a peep show at our fair. Having sold their modesty and become wiser than their teachers, they ride a very high horse and jump over all five barred gates of Bible texts which teach doctrines contrary to their notions. When this mischief happens to good men, it is great is a great pity for such sweet sweet pots of ointment to be spoiled by flies, yet one learns to bear with them just as I do with old Violet, for he is a rare horse, although he does set his ears back and throw out his legs at times. But there is a bragging lot about who are all sting and no honey, all whip and no hay, all grunt and no bacon, best line. These do nothing but rail from morning to night at all who cannot see through their spectacles. If they would but mix up a handful of good living with all their bushels of bounce, it would be more bearable. But no, they don't care for such legality. Men so sound as as they are can't be expected to be good at anything else. They are the heavenly watchdogs to guard the house of the Lord from those thieves and robbers who don't preach sound doctrine, 
And if they do worry the sheep or steal a rabbit or two by the sly who would have the heart to blame them, the Lord's dear people, as they call themselves, have enough to do to keep their doctrine sound. And if their manners are cracked, who can wonder? No man can see to everything at once. These are the moles that want catching in many of our pastures, not for their own sakes, for there is not a sweet mouthful in them, but for the sake of the meadows which they spoil. I would not find half a fault with their doctrine if it were not for their spirit. But vinegar is sweet next to it, and crabs are figs in comparison. It must be very high doctrine that is too high for me, but I must have experience and high practice with it, or it turns my stomach. However, I have said my say, and I must leave the subject, or somebody will ask me, what have you to do with Don Quixote's windmill? I said only said the way only Spurgeon could say it, you know. That's insane. I know, I read that, and I was like, I was like, D- did you have Facebook that I didn't know about? Right. <laughs> you had Twitter back, Twitter back then? Right, good stuff, man. So I, that was, I just wanted to share that, because like I said, it's been something that's on my heart. And you know, it's something that, you know, I think we've been trying, we've intentionally been trying to not, you know, participate in any of that behavior. And, you know, again, because it's not, it's not about us. It's about Christ. It's about the church. It's his, it's for his glory. And that's what matters. And, you know, it's just no, there's no point. I just, if you're listening to this show right now, I just want to encourage you. If you feel tempted to like engage in any of that, it's not even, it's not even worth it. And it doesn't glorify Christ. Amen. No, amen. Absolutely. Yeah. We, 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 we definitely have talks with each other a lot and, you know, just to remind one another and keep each other accountable and, and do our best to, you know, what, what, what is kingdom work? I mean, we have a lot of work to do. We don't, I mean, there's really a lot of work. <laughs> there's a lot of work to do for the gospel in our society. And, uh, it, it can be very distracting to try to defend your perspective. You gotta be careful. There, there's a difference between fighting for the faith and fighting for yourself. And I wasn't talking about you, Colin. Colin, I wasn't talking about your <laughs> I didn't think you were. <laughs> yeah, I was just, uh, I'm looking at 2 Timothy 2 here, and I'm just going to read a, read a big chunk of it here, starting at verse 14. Uh, Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort, hmm. who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, hmm. and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do as well. Word up, man. Well, Luke, bro, you're uh, such an encouragement, man. We, we, we thank you for uh, just your faithfulness, man. And Yeah, my pleasure, man. Um, I think I said this during the break. But if you want to be on the show, you need to invite yourself because that's what I do. <laughs> it's true. All of us do this in our spare time, which for those of us who have families is, is a lot smaller. So the whole, you know, organization thing is kind of an afterthought. <laughs> but hopefully we're getting better at that because that post smell. Luke, actually, Luke the Bear, you're the one that uh, that gave us the... Uh our show tonight like our topics so we, we appreciate we appreciate that. oh yeah so yeah for sure well colin told me it was my call so yeah i wanted i wanted you to be able to do whatever you felt comfortable with so no it was very good and i'm going to definitely see tomorrowland uh maybe tonight right on man and go get go get fargo season is, one. is it on netflix no i i had you, I, you have to buy oh. it i think it's like uh 35 bucks if you get it at Target, it's thirty-five bucks Blu-ray, and it comes with a Fargo beanie. Ooh, wait, the beanie! Wow. Yeah, Dustin, you'll like that. You can wear it year-round up there. We need those up in Minnesota. 
Actually, where in Minnesota are you at? I'm in White Bear Lake. It's a just just north suburb suburb of St. Paul. Um, because the this this TV series was based out of Bemidji. Do you know where that's at? Yeah, that's that's up north. Okay, yeah. So that's where it's it's like Bemidji, Duluth, and they're in Fargo, North Dakota, a little bit. I will say our accents are not that strong here in general. If you go to, if you go to like if you go to Fargo, it's a lot worse. So well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, for dude. We me. need to ha- we'll, we'll have you on again soon, bro. Yeah, Luke. Before before you take off, to uh, tell us how you how people can get connected with you and uh, and your ministry. Yeah, right on. So, uh, you can check out us uh, at apologyradio.com. You can check us out on Facebook. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube, Apologia Studios. Um, like I said, we're going to be having just a ton more content coming out here real quick. So be watching for that. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. All right, man. And good luck with uh good good luck working out the rest of those kinks. Yeah, looking forward to the show tomorrow. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Have a good night. All right, you too. You too, guys. Thanks. Cool. Well, that was a good episode. Um, for Roar! those of you who are still wondering about... <laughs> I guess the bear is still sticking around here. Um, so back to uh, the intro banter we had on our, our iTunes errors. We've been getting a lot of feedback on issues on iTunes, episodes not loading, just problems with that. And that all comes from our hosting we're using very cheap hosting um, uh, for both our website and for the for the we're doing free hosting for our episodes. But uh, the main main issue is our, our hosting for our website. Um, we've had some people mention that they're they're willing to help us out um, if we just tell them what we need. Um, and we we really are just in need of better website hosting. Our our iTunes our podcast feed comes off of our website, and whenever we have downtime on our website, it messes up iTunes. When it refreshes, it doesn't detect a signal, so it, 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 you're not able to download the episodes, and it takes a while for iTunes to refresh again. Um, so that's why there can be periods where you can't you can't access any of our episodes. Um, so uh, what uh, what we'd like to do is get better hosting with better, with no downtime, or at least you know there's a lot out there that guarantee I don't know, 99.9% uptime. I think in this in a span of 30 days, we had over 120 downtimes on our on our website so that's why we've been had so many issues so if anyone would like to to support us we're not we're not a nonprofit. we're not a 501c3 so you're not going to get any tax write-offs but uh if you want to if you want to help us out there's a few ways you can do that you can go to datpostmill.com slash support and on there you can there's a link to um a paypal account you can send us some money if you want uh, there's a button to shop at Amazon. If you shop at Amazon, if you go through our feed or our, our link, uh, we get like, I mean, it's not even pennies on the dollar. It's like uh, 1% off your purchase if it qualifies. So it's literally like pennies off of hundreds of dollars spent. But um, if you're going to shop, go to our, go to datpostmill.com slash support, click on the Amazon link. And every time you buy something, you know, it'll, it'll put pennies in the jar and maybe you will be able, be able to have enough to to get some some good hosting but we're looking at um to get good hosting for the website and for our our audio files we're looking at i mean upwards of 40 bucks a month 50 bucks a month so if anyone is able to help out that'd be great we want to provide good resources to you guys so we're doing this for you not for us we're doing this for um gospel work and uh just just teaching teaching you guys what we know what we've learned about what god says about the kingdom and and what we're supposed to be doing so if you if we've helped you at all, you know, at least if next time you buy something, especially if you're going to buy something big, maybe go to go to our website and uh, go go to Amazon through that. But uh, we appreciate all the support and the, the the uplifting words of encouragement we've gotten from you in emails and on Twitter. It's uh, it's yeah, it's it's great to hear that. So we uh, we appreciate any support you guys want. And after us. you know, and we yeah, please you know, any support, pray for us. Um, you know, let, let your friends know about us, share us on Facebook, um, you know, all that. And, you know, web hosting. And also, I mean, we, we're, we live, uh, we're spread out all around the country. Uh, we live very far from one another. We'd like to visit every once in a while. So if, if you can just go ahead and, and start letting people know that we need, we need a jet <laughs> for ministry for the sake of the gospel. We need, we need a jet with, you know, um, that can just, so we can travel to our, uh, to, to grab beers together and, and to, to talk about the show, you know, if, do you want to see us together in the studio? Well, we need a jet. So, and I'm just gonna, and I'm just gonna have faith 
that the Lord will pro- now. <laughs> you can't dude, even. Fake it's, it. it's it's dude. It's rough. I can't dude. even fake it. I can't do it. You can get gift us airline miles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like uh, yeah, dude. The whole Creflo Dollar situation. We we got to talk about that one episode. I know that there's different opinions on that, but but yeah. So yeah, web hosting in a jet, guys, for that post mill. Preferably jet first, but <laughs> dude, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, web hosting first, guys. Priorities. Because if we don't have web hosting, they won't know we need a jet. We, we do have a um, something that we're working on. We have a post on our website for Ask a Theonomist. If you go to go to our website and look for that, um, we're taking submissions for questions about theonomy in general, what that looks like practically. If you got, you know, what would, what does, what does public education look like in a theonomic society or what do, how do you deal with, you know, disobedient children? Um, you know, a lot of questions people have, especially a lot of critics, um, if you hear stuff, submit a question, we're gonna, we're gonna be work, we'll be working on some answers, whether we, uh, we might not discuss them on the podcast, but we might drop in some mini sods with answers and, uh, you know, just trying to edify the church and teach people what, what, what the Bible has to say about our lives and how to live it out. So definitely check it out. Uh, we're on Twitter, Debt Postmail, we're on Facebook, we're on Google Plus, all you Google employees. Uh, we love you too. We care about you. We miss Adam and Chaney. Maybe next time. All right. Keep hashtagging that post smell all over the place. The place. The place. <laughs> that place. <laughs> I like that. Hey, Knox, I ain't know what you was doing, man. When you was doing all this, but. <laughs> Another one. Let's go. Walk, talk, eat, drink, sleep, dream. Gospel. Wait, pray, read, dress, work, think, gospel. Press, fellowship, yes, church, hear, see, gospel. Everything, gospel. Everywhere, everywhere.